Boardman gets pot. Oh yeah. We just want our respect. Our organization wants their respect. And I want my damn respect too. Yeah. Max, what's up, my man? Dr. Bot, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very excited that we are less than, we're like T minus 21 hours from wildcard weekend kickoff, Max. Deep. Right now, I've got football on this weekend. I just, I'm about to close on a house. I'm about to end, and I'm about to go on paternity leave because my wife's going to be giving birth in the next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying there's some pods, there's some pods where you're like, you text me, I go, okay, let's do this. And I kind of sleepwalk into it. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not the best. But this one, I'm bringing the heat this one. It's going to be a good one. If you're a listener and you were wondering, should I go on that one-hour walk? Go on that one-hour walk. The next 60, 90 minutes are going to be great. You're going to love it, okay? <laughs> We've got you covered. We've got you covered. So we're going to go through every NFL wildcard weekend game. Uh, ask the same five questions. What are those five questions, Max? Well, I was just saying I think this is good things. These are good questions to ask to kind of frame how to think about the game. And if you want to place a bet, place a bet. And those are which team has the most talent? <laughs> Which team has the best, better QB? Which coach do you trust more? Which we can also call it the Mike McCarthy question. Who's got the nobody believes in us narrative? And then what is generally like the strongest narrative going in this game? Because I feel like one of the themes from this last season was if you got a zag. Because there's always this narrative and then everyone's just jumps on this hype train. And the best bet is just go the other way. Yep. So that was what I was thinking. I think it's a good way to frame it. But I'd say let's just – I say let's go game by game. Yep. Let's start Saturday morning. And let's start Raiders-Bengals. Raiders-Bengals, Max. Um, yeah. And so so we'll do those questions. And I have listened to about maybe 15 to 20 hours of podcasts this week on these football games and gambling. So I think I have all the angles covered. Um and if I wait something, let me know. And I'll tell you which sides I bet on because there are some ludicrous bets I've done because sports gambling was just legalized in New York last week. And I'm already just crumbling into degeneracy. So can we, by the way, can we talk about, let's talk about the greatest almost tie where that game. So I remember I watched that game. I had it on and I'm like, I think it's either the, the Raiders first drive. Just some dude who like, I don't even know his name. Just catches like some kind of weird tight end cross over the middle and goes like sixty yards. The Chargers player punches it as hard as like gets a full punch on it. The ball flies out directly to the end zone, but somehow goes out of the one yard line. And I just saw that and I was like, "This is going to be a crazy game." Like that's just this is just like this is it's just coming. It's like if someone walks into a party and then like just rips three shots and slaps somebody, and you're like, "Okay, that person's a crazy motherfucker." Like that's just what it felt like. That was, the was yeah, it's gonna be crazy. I was I was talking, I was texting back and forth with friend of the pod, Parsa Saljugi, and uh, and I was talking about how anytime someone is reaching for a touchdown and fumbles it across the goal line, they should call that the Derek Carr. Like that should be what he's known for because he's done it twice now. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and they, they, he's done it twice. Once against the Packers, that's how I remembered it. And, and me and Parsa both had money riding on the Raiders. And so I had money riding on the Raiders and Parsa had, you know, his hopes and dreams riding on the Raiders. And so we were both cheering for that game. 
The one thing I can't believe is that the Raiders got up by 15 with like five minutes left, and Herbert just led them back, converting multiple fourth downs. And then the one thing I'm not buying is this idea that if they didn't call the timeout, the Raiders wouldn't have kicked the field goal. Like, I think the Raiders would have still ran the ball, and then if they got into field goal range, range kicked the field goal, because you don't want to go into Kansas City this week. You would right. much rather be playing the Bengals, you know? Right, yeah. I, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to believe it's true, because mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Because it was just, well, Brandon, like I said, I, I think I said I have a text message where I said, the Chargers need to hire somebody that before Brandon Staley makes a decision, just slaps him in the face. Because that dude makes so many questionable decisions, and it's just like, like you know, there's like the ultra conservative. Like the issue I think for always is everyone thinks coaches need to be more aggressive. Yeah. Well, he's like the first coach I can think of that's just too aggressive. Where it's like, no, 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 no. You can punt here. It's okay to punt. Feel free to punt it. Right. Well, so and, what all that what all the analytic nerds say is they, it's the right decision to go for it, but the play call is the wrong play call. Well, if you're gonna make the wrong play call, then it's not yeah. the right decision to go for it. You know. Uh, they didn't they go for it on like in their own in like the negative 30 like on their own 20 or 24 yard line on the, in this game it was the fourth it was like fourth and three on their own 18 and they went for it and they just ran austin eckler up the middle and like the raiders sniffed it out and it was coming and just stuffed it yeah. yeah it's like it's like hey deep like yeah you hey deep you could you know beat the shit out of that person you know karate though right and you're like no like well you could still be the shit off if you do karate you're like, yeah but i don't know karate it's like you don't know the play like yeah. you don't have a good play if you don't have a good play don't do it and especially yeah and that was kind of the game like they lost by a field goal yeah and that, that, like, that the raiders the raiders got a field goal on that drive yeah and it led directly to a field goal so that was just yeah, so much about that game was just like what is going on here uh so i mean don't get me wrong it's fun to shit on brandon staley but or brayden or whatever is it brandon brayden I, think it's I feel like he's a. I feel like he could be a Braden, but uh, it just feels very Bradenly, like a Tevin, if you will. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's like they were going to run that play regardless. But it was amazing that you saw the the Raiders player say something to Austin Eckler. Yeah, and it, it sounded like they said like I don't really know why people said so. There's no audio, but the Raiders player's like, dude, we're going to run the clock out, and Austin Eckler has that look on his face like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! I don't think it's you, like, yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. But like for all we know, that dude could have been like, "Hey, uh, do you know this girl like Tisha who slid in my DMs? She said that you and her used to date." And he's like, "Oh my god, that cr-. you know they could have been talking about that." Probably no. And he's like, "Oh, it's crazy bitch. She won't leave me alone." Like that was his reaction. So we don't know. We don't know what was said. It was a great narrative. But yeah, that game was it. Just was literally from the gut. You're just like, all right. Like I think I texted you. I was like, if I were to text you, hey deep, check out this game. It is crazy. This just makes there's just crazy shit happening. And you didn't know the teams, like top of your mind, you're probably like, oh, it's probably like Raiders, Chargers, Seahawks, maybe Vikings. Vikings I feel like those are like Vikings. Vikings those are the are teams that are like your first one you got to be because like they're just. Uh, I, I'd say the Chargers and Vikings are the same team where they just always have great advanced metrics, talent, and then just weird stuff happens. They just lose these inexcusable have these inexcusable losses. You're like, what are you guys doing? Football games, man. They just don't know. There's like a certain thing you have to do to win football games. And the Chiefs were messing up in this way earlier in the season where they were just losing games. The Chargers just make losing football plays, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the, when you play like those like those four teams, except the Seahawks, like you're like, nice. Not only are we playing them, but they're playing themselves. So like <laughs> they're playing against one and a half opponents. You know? Exactly. And yeah, so it was, a, it was just from the jump. You were like, okay, this is going to be an insane game. I mean – 
The other thing about that fumble was like I, I saw that fumble and I was like, oh my god, that guy almost fumbled. And like no player reacted as if anything kind of crazy just happened. And I was like, okay, this is like the level set where like somebody's like, oh, you just the ball flew out of your arms and magically bounced out of the one, and no one, no nobody's like high fiving on a great play. The, there's no recognition by the tight end that something crazy just happened. They're like, okay, cool, we get the ball back. It was just like, all right, this is just like what what's expected right now. Okay, got it. Wow, this is good. But yeah, it was great. It was, spe- it was, it was a great. great to, I just thought it was a great ending to that NFL season because, like, I agree. Got a, it was a good first playoff caliber game. It went into overtime. It had an epic comeback. You know, I walked away impressed with Herbert. That was not easy what Herbert did in the end of that game down there, and um, I, I came away impressed. You know, I think the Chargers, the coach. I mean, he'll learn, I guess. But they have a they have probably one of the best up and coming quarterbacks in the NFL, along with who the Raiders are playing this week. Uh, Joe Burrow. Well, so uh, yeah. Also, like Herbert, just the the thing that Herbert he just has some throws that are just like that are just sick. It's like they're the throws like it's like in the you know in the movies when like oh the pitcher's gonna like in major league or like the pitcher's gonna really rear back and just throw yeah. 103 miles an hour and that's like that's the thing. And that's just he just has some throws where he's like I gotta fit this in a narrow window. I have to throw this 70 miles an hour and I have no margin for error. And he'll just like drill those, and you're like, "Fuck, that's cool." He's like, that's just awesome. All right, let's let's, talk, like, about, let's okay. talk about the game though. All right, so the game it's in Cincinnati. The spread is ever it's hovering around five and a half to four and a half. It's it's opened at six and a half. Immediate Raiders plus six and a half immediately got bet down to five and a half. Has gotten down as low as four. I saw yesterday, but it's floating in that five five and a half range. Over unders at forty nine. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a little bit windy. 20% chance of snow. Mm, so interesting. Those are the big numbers. Well, let's get to your questions, Max. What were your five questions again? So first one is who has the most talent? It's a good question. So I think – so like, okay, let's go Bengals side. Like I don't – well, like this, let's just start with the first question is who's got the better QB? Another – that's actually a debatable question in my opinion because yeah. on raw talent, I think Burrow – is probably better than David Carr. David Carr Derek or Derek Carr? Carr. Derek, Derek, I make this mistake Derek. all the time. Derek Carr. But Derek Carr has a lot more experience. I don't think he's ever played in a playoff game, but he is a veteran. you know. And I liked in the post-game interview, which is this is a really stupid way of judging it, but in the post-game interview with, uh, with NBC after that Sunday night win, he quoted Kobe Bryant. And he said, is the job done? No, job's not done. So he already is like, thinking about like winning a playoff game. right? Contrast that with Joe Burrow, after they beat the Chiefs two weeks ago to, to seal the AFC North, he was smoking a victory cigar in the, in the locker room. So, yeah. you know, that, that's a little bit of youthful exuberance there, you know? And so we do have that differential. The one thing is the, the, the Bengals are much more talented, it seems, with their wide receiving core, with Jamar Chase, who him and Burrow have a special connection, and T. Higgins. The Raiders' secondary is not their strength, but the Raiders' pass rush is their strength um, with Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby. You know, the, the Raiders blitz the least of any team in the league, but they have the best pressure rate from their front four, like one of the top five pressure rates of all, all the teams in the league. So that's how I see this game playing out. It's the Raiders' front four versus the Bengals' passing game. Um, though, actually, I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball early on to get the game in rhythm. Um so I don't know. If you ask me who's a better quarterback for the 16-game regular season, I think I take Joe, Joe Burrow. 
who's going to be the better quarterback in this playoff game? I, I feel like it might be Derek Carr just from experience. Look, I, I'm with you. I, I can't really – I don't think there's a clear differentiator. I don't think you can – I don't know. I'd say it's like 60-40, and there's some days where like, either it's going to look better. I think the one thing is that I, I kind of wrote down this is the happy-to-be-here bowl, which yeah. is what I call the the Knicks-Hawks uh, series last year. We're here. Like, we're like, yeah, we're here. We're not – we're still playing the Knicks This is great. Let's go for the season. We're yeah. here. It's like existence yeah. is our goal. <laughs> And so I feel like both these teams have already kind of – I mean, if you're the Bengals, you're like, hey, we we made the playoff. We, we won our division. Like, yay. Like, you know. But then the same thing with the Raiders. Like, the, there was a huge celebration after that win. And now they have to go – they have on five and a half days rest, they're going east, you know, to play in the cold, right? So I, I kind of feel like it's a wash. If anything, I would almost put it as a slight – Bengals at uh, you know I don't know but, you gotta, you but um, to, this is our this is our playoff pod backs you got to put your nickel down you got to make a decision who's the better quarterback you got one quarterback for this game who are you taking I would take Carr I would take Carr too and I'm, I'm because of that the Joe Burrow is going to come out and throw for 300 yards tomorrow four touchdowns and the Carr is going to throw two picks <laughs> so here's the th- here's the thing about the, the Bengals like I think kind of like the meta narrative is they were kind of feisty right and they they you know people, they would get slapped around but they wouldn't quit. But they were still, they were still a little inconsistent, right? Oh, this is a first. I'm not even gonna say what's happening. All right, they were just a little. But um, but the thing about the Raiders is uh, hot. it's just hard for me to focus right now. Dean. <laughs> Edit this. <laughs> uh, don't don't look, babe. Don't look. Like I was ignoring you. Yeah, I, I I lost my train of thought. Uh. <laughs> right, no, no, so so Joe Burrow, I think, is the better 16 game quarterback. The thing you got to remember, Darren, Derek Waller. What's Waller's first name? Darren. Darren. Derek. Darren. 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 Waller. I'm gonna mix up Derek Carr and Derek, uh, or Darren Carr and. There's Darren a David Waller. Carr, a Derek Carr, and a Darren Waller. Very confusing. But yeah. having Waller back is gonna really. I mean, Waller's amazing. Um. You know, it would the Raiders would have a much better chance if they had Henry Ruggs in this game, but I think they do have Josh Jacobs. And all the sharps that I've been listening to about this game think it's gonna go hit the under, especially the first half under. And they think both teams are gonna come out actually running the ball. Because both teams are in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. They don't want to have give each other an advantage. And I don't know if you've watched the last game. These two these two teams played in the regular season like in week six or seven or something like that. The Bengals won like 33 to 16. So Yeah, they like kicked their butts. Yeah. But that game, the score of that game was 13 to seven late in the third quarter or, or late or even early in the fourth quarter. And Derek Carr threw, I watched it. I went back and watched on the game pass, like the, the, the highlights of the game. The Raiders actually kept it close and it was a low scoring game until late in the fourth, third or late in the third, early in the fourth quarter. Derek Carr threw an interception in Raiders territory and the app, the, the Bengals went down, scored a touchdown, took the lead car through an interception. The Bengals scored another touchdown. They were up two touchdowns and then the game kind of got away from them. The Bengals had a huge kick return. Um, and that's actually the way the Bengals blew them out in that game. So, you know, this is a playoff game and I'm assuming some of those things don't happen and this game stays a lot closer. So uh, my, my gambling pick for this game is going to be the first half under for the both teams the under 
for the total and the Raiders five and a half. Because I think the Bengals are going to win, but I don't see the Bengals beating the Raiders by a touchdown. I see the Bengals kind of beating them by like three maybe if they win. And the Raiders could very well pull it off. Yeah, I think the other thing is I just don't think home field – there's something weird where home field isn't what it was. So there's something interesting I was looking at this year. So yeah, okay, because it's interesting because I was looking at the 538. 538 has a spread based on their like their ELO model, mm-hmm. yeah, their model. It was interesting is that the spread for four of the six games was exactly two points. There, there. If you look at the spread, so for example, the spread right now is minus five and a half. Mm-hmm. The spread on five thirty eight was minus seven and a half. So a two point advantage uh, for the away mm-hmm. team, right? Mm-hmm. But that was for four of the six games. It was a two point for the away team. For another game, it was one and a half for the away team, and then the sixth one, it was the same. But I guess the thing is, is that there was some weird thing where I think that must be like, normally you give three, you spot the home team three points, but you're saying if it's one point, then it's like the 538 model in the, it's like maybe 538 hasn't adjusted their model. Anyway. Yeah. Because if yeah. you look at the Sagarin rating, I was looking at the Sagarin rating systems, which is like this old, remember the Sagarin rating systems from the college football playoffs? Do you remember the, no. the do you remember the BCS computer model? I remember the BCS. Yeah. Okay. So the BCS computer model used Sagarin rating systems, if you remember. And that's how they decided who played in the college national championship game. They have – Sagarin also rates the NFL games. It's on US Today. It's totally published. There is a trend of wildcard weekend going back to 2010 till now. When two teams play each other, if their, their, their Sagarin ratings based on strength of schedule, if a team is more than eight points better – that team, those teams win 62% of the time. So I was using that kind of when I was looking back, looking at the games this weekend to try to see the differences differences in strength of schedule. Now, I'm not sure the Raiders-Bengals one actually applies to that, but some of the other games this week actually do apply where you see these massive differences in strength of schedules between teams, and that could make help you figure out against the spread who's going to do well. But let's, okay. get back, let's get back to the yeah. questions on this one. So we talked about Burrow versus Carr. I, I like Carr. Just I think I, I just you know I kind of get the feeling that the Bengals are kind of cool with what they have. It just feels like there's a little more desperation from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. A little bit more like they're I don't know. They, the the older there's generally a thing where they say the young teams go oh like we'll be there next year. Where the older te- the older you get the more you're like this is my last shot right. Yeah. And especially like right now if you're any team in the AFC, I just gotta you have to feel like it's wide open, right? You can kind of I mean. These are the two games, besides the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers, I think, are a sitting duck. We'll get to that. Um, and besides maybe these teams. But the other, I mean, it just feels pretty open. And there is, like, I don't think it's likely, but there is a scenario where one of these teams, like, is in the AFC Championship game somehow. Like, yeah. pulls an Atlanta Hawk. And just there. All and you're like, teams, how did this happen? All these teams are just hoping somebody else beats the Chiefs. If somebody else beats the Chiefs, the AFC is still wide open. Anybody. The Raiders could make it to the Super Bowl if the Chiefs lose. This right. Um, and that's kind of the thinking. So... I agree with you 100%. Uh, I do think the Chiefs, I mean, the Raiders have probably have a little bit more motivation, but it's a playoff game, so who doesn't have motivation? You also got to watch out for Burrow's knee. Like, he did get injured. Like, people forget that. Like, he, he didn't play last week partially right. because of injury. If he wasn't injured, he would have played at least for the first half. So he's going to have a whole week off with a little bit of an injury. Maybe that could cause some problems. Um, what so were your other taking, questions? So, coaching so, advantage, so we're right? taking, hold on, hold on. So we're taking Carr over Burrow for most talented are you going Bengals or Raiders? I, I do think your I, point about it's like, yeah, go ahead. I think the Bengals are more talented, I think, because I like their defense better. 
overall their defense is better. Like the Raiders front four is better, but the, the totality of the Bengals defense is better. Their linebackers, they're, they're running their cornerbacks. Um, and their, their wide receiver talent is just, it's superior to the Raiders. And again, I think as a just strictly quarterback, Burrow's better than David Carr. Derek, Darren, Darren Carr. Derek, Derek Carr, Derek Carr. No, Derek. Darren Waller, Derek Carr. <laughs> D Carr. Right. Next coach. Next question is, which coach do you trust more? Oh, I got, I got to go with, uh, what's the name they use for him on the, on Pit Boss Ridge? Pit Boss Ridge. <laughs> So I don't really know. Um, I guess like the Bengals coach, it seems like he came from, I think he came from McVay's coaching tree. And so he's got some like, is it love, Kevin Stefanski, right? he's the coach? No, no, no. Stefanski's the Browns. Um, but the, anyway, the Bengals, it was in two weeks ago against the chiefs. They had that really, really bizarre fourth goal line sequence where they were on the goal line. The game is tied and yet they were going for it. And it was oh, like, yeah. with like, and we're like, what are you doing? Just kick the field goal. Like, take the points. This isn't like, it's not early in the first quarter, you know? Like, you gotta, you gotta close the door. Anyway, that was, I watched that and like, uh, you know, I think maybe we should have a whole like, there's too much analytics in the NFL. Just the, the yeah. analytics need to stop. And I say this, I say this to somebody who's a, you know, a data scientist. Yeah. And I'm like, too much, anal- no, 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 too much analytics. Like, you're, so I bet it's just their analytics can, are wrong. Their algorithms are wrong. I think it's like nobody's questioning the underlying algorithm. It feels like okay. Should we do a quick analytics corner where I give my two cents on this? Right. Okay, I'll just do this really quick. The worst thing as a data scientist that can happen is working with a PM that goes, "What does the data say?" Because that's basically what they're really saying is, "I don't want to make a decision. I'm too afraid to actually use my own judgment. Can you decide for me?" Because I can yeah. make the data kind of say whatever I want to. I can be like, well, here's the narrative. And that's like, and so when people go, well, the analytics suggests it, be like, no, no, no. You just did it. And then you're now blaming the data. You know, you're not making a decision. You're hiding from it. And that's what it feels like sometimes where some of these coaches go like, well, the analytics suggests it. Like, no, no, no. You can say, you know what? I looked at the odds. You know, I thought about it. And ba- the odds actually got me to rethink this. And I made this call. But you made the call, not the data. Okay. Brandon Staley. The analytics didn't say do that. Your dumbass did those things, okay? Like, so you yeah. don't anyway. And that's the issue is like, it, once people start slavishly following models, it's it's bad. And it's also because ultimately in competitive endeavors, it's not like a it's not like a fixed game where you're going against an, a computer that has fixed things. Like, you're constantly learning from each other. Yeah. So if you're going to be predictable, if you're going to be based on analytics purely, you are now predictable in your decision making, and that gives an advantage to your adversary. So. Anyone who, like, don't get me wrong, it's good to be data-driven, it's good to be data-informed, it's good to list, you know, take yeah. metrics, but, like, you need to make a decision yourself. So, anyway, if that was why I was doing it, I was like, well, the numbers said it. I'm like, that is a terrible reason, and uh, you will probably be fired within three to four years. And, you know, so just, <laughs> words of the wise. That was my, okay, analytics corner. There we go. But, yeah, that was, so, I don't know. I, I kind of trust Pit Boss Rich more than the Bengals coach. I do. I mean, Pit Boss Rich, he just seems like an old-school kind of coach. Like, you know, he's going he's gonna to kick it on fourth and one. From the opponent's 40, he's going to punt the ball, pin them deep. Um, I'm really interested to see how playoff football goes tomorrow. If all I, I really don't feel like teams are going to be as – I think they're going to be more risk-averse tomorrow, to be honest with you. I don't think there's going to be that a lot of that going for it in between the 40s type of thing. I think if you can – if it's a tie game, it's a one-score game, there's still time on the clock, you'd rather put the other team pinned back against their goal line and make them come out of it than – 
you know, give them ideal field position to score. I just, I think that's playoff football. And that's why, I mean, let's remember this round and next round of the playoffs deliver the best games. Normally. You know, like, yeah, it's true. So, I'm, yeah, I, so I can't, I don't know what the, the game decision making they're going to be, but I, I think we, I do think also the other thing is there is like the other interesting thing is that Pit Boss Rich clearly, like, he's what, it's like probably 50s, just been around more while the Zach Taylor's one of these like millennial coaches or early, late 30s coaches. It just, I don't know. I, I would personally take experience over youth, right? You yep. know, and I think it just feels like the Raiders are a little bit more grizzled, a little bit more like they're going to want this more. Yeah. And while the Bengals are like going to kind of be like, hey, yeah, we couldn't win at home. But you know what? We had a great season. We got all this young talent, all this stuff forward to. We're going to put together next year even better. Yeah, right? I, I, heard the, I heard the funniest thing. Some No Bengals fan has been able to text someone the Bengals won a playoff game. Ever because the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, text messaging hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know why? Do you hear the curse of Bo Jackson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know about that. The curse of Bo Jackson. Oh. So I guess if the Raiders injure – well, no. I don't even want to go down that. I was going to yeah. say if the Raiders injure like a very key Bengals player, maybe that uh, excises that difference. It's like a Harry Potter yeah. horse drugs type of deal. Yeah, exactly. They have the Bo Jackson. They didn't slay the Bo, Bo Jackson Horcrux on the <laughs> or like that. Uh, so uh, okay. So I think we're taking Pit Boss Rich over Zach Taylor. All right. So next one question. These two are related, which is: Is there a nobody believes in us team? And then what's the strongest narrative? So I don't really know what the. I feel like I don't know if there is a narrative going into this game. Like, there's some narrative. There's like narrative but, the Raiders, you know, the narrative for the Raiders is all the sh- all the adversity they went through this year. John Gruden leaving, Harry R- Henry Ruggs, that whole thing. Um, I think that's their narrative, and the Derek Carr never playing in a playoff game. The Bengals' narrative is not – it's like this young upstart team. You know, people should be afraid of them. I think that's the narrative there. But I, if there's a nobody – if there's a nobody believes in a team of these two, you have to say the Raiders are the nobody believes in this team because they're the underdog, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I guess if, so. The reason why I say it is like, if anything, this makes me want to put money on the Bengals because I feel like the narrative energy is going with the Raiders, not the Bengals. Yeah. I know you said the Raiders are the underdog, but you know, you've won the line's been shifting the Raiders' way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you could talk yourself into it's cold. They've already, you know, they already celebrated. They're at only five and a half day, days rest. And they they've been through, they had the rug like you said all the narratives so the narratives you brought up were while like there's no strong narrative for in support of the Bengals beyond they're just more younger more talented but like the more compelling one is the Raiders one so that's why I would say like if anything I would jump on the Bengals side because they have, you want to short the narrative not go with the, and the game and the game could come down to this let's say the Raiders are on the Bengals side of the field on the 35 yard line okay they're down seven. And there's six minutes left in the game. And it's fourth and five. What does Pitt Boss Ridge do? Does he go for it or does he kick the field goal? I think Pitt Boss Ridge kicks the field goal. But I would, if I was him, I would want him to go for it. So, so if Pitt Boss Ridge kicks the field goal there, Max, then you take the Bengals to cover the spread. Because it's right. five and a half. And that would get it to four. But if he goes for it, then you take the Bengals, I think. Because or or yeah, then you take the Bengals because that'll keep it at seven if they get stopped. Yeah, wait, wait. So okay, so if they go for it, the the, the Raiders cover, not the Bengals. 
right? No, no. If they, if they, if they kick the field goal, sorry, if they kick the field goal, you go with the Raiders. If Raiders cover, you pick the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Because then the Bengals have a chance to stop them and keep the spread. That's how I would see it. But I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of other options. You could say they go for it. They get the touchdown. Now the Bengals have the ball. They just kick a field goal to win the game, and you cover. There's a lot of outcomes there. You know what I mean? So he, Okay. So here's – right now I have best QB. I have – this is what's going on in the Raiders' favor. Best QB, coach you trust, strongest narrative, arguably the nobody believes in this factor. What you have for the Bengals' favor is most talented. Better. But the narrative is actually you want the other way. Like I would want the narrative to go Bengals because you short the narrative. You don't go with the narrative. But here's the thing. So that still is three points for the Bengals, Raiders, two for the Bengals. The last thing I think that actually makes me want to go Raiders is these are two inconsistent teams. And when you have uncertainty, you want to choose variance and upside. And that would lean towards the Raiders, where if you take Raiders' money line, right, like you're getting upside. And then the other thing is that actually the Raiders were three and three against playoff teams this season. Yeah. I don't know if these switches actually, and they had wins against the Steelers, which I don't know if that really, so the two of them are weaker Steelers, Eagles. And then, but they also beat the Cowboys in, uh, in, uh, in Detroit. Well, like, in who Dallas. are the referees for this game? Is it the Sean Hockley game? I don't, Sean, I don't know if Sean Hockley is in this, but two of those losses also were against the Chiefs. So their only, and so their only loss to a playoff team was the Bengals. Uh, that wasn't the Chiefs, right? But they also beat the Browns in Week 16 on the road. They beat the Colts in Week 17 on the road. And then they had that Chargers win. That was at home. So this team is, like, good against good teams on the road. Uh, that Steelers win was on the road as well. So, uh, anyway, all that suggests to me, uh, I, just all that, I would definitely want to go. I would, I would even go, I want to go Raiders spread. I would go Raiders money line. Like, I think the Raiders can win this game. Well, so if so you're definitely at least do spread, if you're, it's, and the Simmons gambling manifesto thing is correct. Uh, if you take, if you're gonna bet a, a underdog, you should have a, you should feel like they're gonna win the game. And the corollary is, if you're gonna bet the spread, you bet the money line too, because you get a little juice on the money line. Uh, it's just for big yeah. purposes. So you should probably do a little bit of both. I agree with that play. Now we're saying all this and the Bengals are going to come out tomorrow and rock them by 14 or something because that's how the world works. If you just think about like the one thing that gives me hesitancy with the Raiders is every time I bet on them this year, I bet on them once against the Chiefs, they lost. The Chiefs blew them the fuck out. But every time I bet against them, uh, they've won. So when I bet on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they fucking ruined me. Um, The multiple times this year, they've been responsible for a lot of unhappiness in my life. So I I kind of wish I well, I couldn't I don't bet on this game but it's too late Max and that's why most of my yeah. money is actually on the total here most of my money's on the under and I just think that's the kind of game script we're gonna get um, right we'll see that makes sense no I think uh, like I said, I have wrote down a point for why you should bet on the Bengals is that Derek Carr is terrifying to bet on the reason why you should bet with the Raiders. Derek Carr is terrifying to bet against. He's just he's he's the opposite of whatever you do. You just there's no way you're gonna feel good betting because he's you know he just he's like a like I said him and Kirk Cousins to me are like the same person where you don't exactly. feel good either way. Major Kirk Cousins. like because like if when you bet against Kirk Cousins, then he goes for three. You're like oh my god, he has Thielen, he has Cook, he has Jefferson. He's throwing for 350 yards, four touchdowns, and when you bet on him, he's throwing two picks. Like he's not Jefferson's like stomping off a field because he can't get the ball. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, there's always those guys in sports. Like Anthony Davis is the same way in basketball where you never feel good betting with or against him. So anyway, uh, I've bet on the Bengals a lot this year and they've made me a lot of money. 
so I've watched a lot of Bengals games. The one thing that concerns me about the Bengals is that Joe Burrow, a lot of his touchdowns to Jamar Chase feel fluky. Like he just throws it yeah. up and Jamar Chase catches the ball. Like that's cool, but like those are not always going to go for you. Those are 50-50 balls, and they call them 50-50 balls for a reason. Unless Jamar Chase is actually the second coming of Randy Moss, and I'm just not seeing it. Um, so I don't know. So okay, so we're I think we're in a we're sort of in agreement, or I feel like you're a little bit more on the Bengals than I am, but we're gonna say we're we're gonna take the Raiders. Uh, we're on the Raiders. On the Raiders. Just all, I think I'm on the Raiders. All right. So I, I'd say it's three two, and then but I I guess yeah I I, I lean towards Raiders, uh, just because I think the main thing is that these are two inconsistent teams with high variance, and if I if I am an uncertain situation. I want to take upside, right? And so that's. Why. I mean, I think this is a fun game for the Shakey's Bowl. You know, like that Saturday, yeah. that first Saturday's game, uh, or Simmons calls it the Shakey's Bowl because oh yeah, Shakey's. All these games are. You can talk me to be excited for all these games except Steelers Chiefs. Yeah, that, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call that the Nagy, and we're gonna get into why I'm calling it that. And I have a whole thing on that. But why are they doing that game on Sunday night? Like maybe we're missing something, and that game's gonna end up being amazing, which would be. Incredible. The only thing I can think of is like it's a Big Ben swan song. Yeah. I mean, well, ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback. All their decisions are fucking made on like the fan base of the team. So if the team has a huge fan base that can get a lot of ratings, they want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's really like a Steelers thing, maybe a Ben swan song, all that. Yeah. And Chiefs also have a pretty big fan base or like a pretty devoted fan base. All right. I think we, we covered this a lot. I think we're both leaning Raiders. You're more for going the under. I would say just do Raiders money line. That's what I'd be most excited for okay all right let's do pats let's just go next pats bills pats for the saturday night game yep so it's a saturday night game in buffalo it's going to be zero degrees but it's not going to be that windy it's gonna be freezing cold though uh, and apparently josh allen has bad circulation uh and, and yeah, he takes some viagra which i actually did some research on so we can do a little medical corner on that if you want to in a second um Wait, so will Josh – we're in a world where Josh Allen will be using Viagra before Tom Brady? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think the Viagra is going to help with the circulation is the problem. I, and I really did look into it a little bit because I'm like, eh, you know, I, I kind of get it. That some guys think that you take the Viagra and when you lift weights, it helps you get a better pump because it, it actually keeps the nitrous oxide in your blood vessels longer. But it's more of a vein dilator than an artery dilator. And if you want to improve your circulation to an area, you want to dilate your arteries. Now, it's not to say that it won't dilate your arteries. So the way they discovered Viagra is they were trying to do something to dilate people's arteries to prevent them from having heart attacks, to help lower their blood pressure. That's when it was first studied. And they found it had, like, some effect on lowering the blood pressure. But the guys were like, I have an, an amazing erection all of a sudden. And so they realized, like, it was working differently. Um, and it works the way the uh, – this is probably way more info than you want to know, but the blood vessels in your lungs and your penis are the same. So Viagra works in the lungs and the penis to dilate the veins to help them hold more fluid, the capacitance vessels. So there's a good chance if Josh Allen takes Viagra, the blood will pool in his veins and he might just faint on the field. I don't think it's really going to improve his circulation too much. That's my that's my long, long story short there. You know, Deep, there was – there was a moment when I was going to be asking you about Viagra. We were going to have Viagra corner on the pod. I was just really hoping it'd be 15, 20 years from now and not today, but you know, here we, <laughs> That's how here we are, you know? Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, okay. So I think, all right. So that for narrative, I think we come back to this, but I feel like the big narrative is it's cold. It's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, okay. So let's go well, back to that. So let's start. The Bills versus the Patriots. Third time they're playing each other division rivals. There's some good shit in this game. I think. Yeah. 
Right. Oh, hold so, on, I gotta get my vision run. All right, yeah. Well, we'll take a break. Do all that. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Oh. All right. Never mind. Hey, let's just eat it. All right. Let me pause uh, it. Yeah. I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna run to the bathroom, okay? And so we're coming hop hop from our first Viagra corner. You gotta you got you should do that in our pod title. Be like playoff picks in our first Viagra corner. Viagra corner. Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, I just don't think Josh Allen should do that. Um, but he should see a medical professional about that. He's it's odd that he has poor circulation. He's a professional athlete. Um, and especially if it's in his hands, then he's screwed. If it's in his feet, he can get away with it, but we'll see. Okay. So let's okay, let's get back on track. So let's do this. Um, all right. First question is who's got the best QB? All right. So what's amazing to me is like we're all forgetting this is a, a rookie quarterback on the road in the playoffs. Like, couldn't all instincts tell you rookie quarterback on the road in the playoffs? That's a golden gambling opportunity to go against him. Yeah, it's just the last time that there was. I mean, the counterexample is Brady, right? Brady wasn't a was he was a rookie was he? I think so. No, I think it was the second season. You need to watch Man in the Arena on ESPN Plus, Max. <laughs> okay. Content corner. We'll save for content corner. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Mac. And plus, at least Brady. I mean, now, granted, Brady came from – he came from warm other places. He grew up in San Mateo. But then I guess he played in Michigan. <coughs> but isn't Mac always been in the South? Yeah. Did he grow up in, like, Florida or something? And then, so. Yeah, but I, don't know, I mean, whatever. He plays in New England. The fact is he's a rookie quarterback on the road in the playoffs. Like, that should be all you need to know. Like, I don't yeah. think – has there ever been a good – maybe Dan Marino. He was a good rookie quarterback. I think he went to the Super Bowl his rookie year. But Mac Jones is not Dan Marino. No. No. So, I, I mean, I think we agree. Like, look, best QB is down, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, the, the issue is that I don't think the Bills are going to be able to play they want to play in this weather. Or it's not going to be as effective as the last time they played the Patriots. Because they clearly want to – like, you know <coughs> – Sorry. They want to play heliocentric football where they're going completely through Allen, right? It's either an Allen pass or an Allen rush. Hold on, what does heliocentric, do heliocentric mean? Doesn't that mean around the sun? Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's what Haralabob uses it for basketball to describe when, like, a LeBron James style or Lucas style offense where it's like, look, everything uh, goes through this one dude, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's going through this one guy. It's just all revolving, like, literally all revolving around him, you know? Okay. And that's, like, that's when the Bills are kind of, like, they – they, they tried, like, kind of doing other things against the Patriots the first game and kind of got beat up. Yeah. The second game, they smoked the Patriots because they said, we're going to spread you out. We're going to put the ball in out. We're going to make – we're going to beat you with Allen, right? Because we're going to spread you out so he can either run it or he can hit these, like, slot receivers and he carved them up and played really well. It's just it sounds like <clears> – I mean, they're not going to be able to play that way because of how cold it is. And it's just, like, it's just – you know, you don't like receivers aren't going to want to run. Like it's just there; those first couple hits are going to really sting. So I think that's like the narrative. I don't know how true that is, but everyone seems like, hey, look, it's just they probably won't be as effective. And even if they want to play that way, it's like there's just going to be more drops because the ball's heavier. It's just going to hurt more. Like people, are, the hits are going to really hurt. And so, but anyway, with that said, I think I don't think anyone really thinks Mac Jones is better than Josh Allen. No. So we get the QB edge to the Bills. What about the talent edge? You know, that's it's a close one. I think the, the Patriots defense is young, but they're getting better. Now, I've seen – these are these are the stats I've seen about this game, okay? One, both of these defenses actually suck. If you look at who these team defenses have played, neither of them have played a good offense. And when they have played good offenses, like in the – neither of them have played that many good offenses. 
And when they have played good offenses, they have gotten spanked. So, right. like, both of these defenses are not actually that good is one key takeaway. And the other one, and this is uh, this is Warren Sharp. This is from Sharp Football Analysis. Um, he looked at every game played in cold weather over the last 10 years, and that's like games less than 20 degrees, 15 degrees, 10 degrees. And 61% of those games actually hit the over. So his his recommendation for this week is actually to bet the over, and that's that was published like four or five days ago when the over was 43. So there is some some push for this game actually being higher higher scoring than people think. Now I don't know. I agree with the kind of your general thinking. Like, how is this game going to go over? Like, I think this is going to be a run the football. These two teams really know each other. They're playing each other for the third time type of game. But if you actually look at over unders and the third time game teams play each other. Apparently, those games also hit the over most of the time. So basically, the idea is the line overreacts to cold weather. It overreacts to playing each other multiple times. Um, but we'll yeah, see. So it's, it shorts the narrative. Yeah, exactly. It narrative. So, okay, to your point about their, both their defenses suck, I just want to point out that defensive DVOA, <laughs> the Patriots are fourth. Yeah. The Bills are first. Yeah. So I think that what that means is that there's no good defense in the NFL this year, right? Like, <laughs> any defense is good. I mean, like, I'm just looking at these. Like, this is the defensive DVOA rating. It goes like this. This is the top five. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, God, the page is airing. Let's go. Okay, Bills, Cowboys, Saints. I think this the Patriots, Rams. Are there any of those defense? Except I actually trust the Saints defense. I feel like they were really where actually oh, were. Saints very defense good. is actually good. It kept them in games. But I just give you the top five. I mean, I can go six is the Cardinals. No one trusts that. Hold on, here. Okay, another break. Thank you. All right, my dinner's here. Keep going. I'm gonna. I got some stats for you as well when you're done. I'm just saying. I'm looking at these top ten defenses. So I said those first five, and then it goes: Cardinals at six, Niners, uh, Colts, Hawks. And I guess 10th was not even the top 25. Okay, well, my computer's now. Wait, hold on. 10th was, sorry, I'm going to find this, going to find this. The Dolphins. So those are your DVOA rankings for defense, which, like, you know, yeah. none of those defenses is exactly shouting out to me. Like, I mean, the only ones are, like, Saints and maybe Colts, sort of. Oh, but then the Colts got pretty good. good. By the way, Chicago Bears, hire Brian Flores. My hot take. But uh, I think that would be, be a great move for them. Perfect Chicago pit. But um, but yeah, I guess there's like I guess so maybe no defense is good this year, uh, or there's just no defense you can trust. Which is kind of like it's kind of the NBA where hey look they they reoriented the NBA game to be more offensive oriented, and the NFL is kind of you know kind of got like weakened the defense's ability to defend pass plays, and so because of that the offense is just more important. So I guess if anything that I. Anyway, so that's your point about the defenses. Because the other thing I was pointing that's interesting to me is weighted DVOA. These are the second. The Patriots are second, and Bills are third. So I mean, those are those advanced metrics says these are two of the three best teams. But like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has them as like 
I don't think anyone thinks that. anyone has the who has the Patriots as the second best team in the NFL, and the Cowboys as the number one best team in the NFL. I don't think. I mean, I think if anything, you you would put uh, you put the Packers, you'd put the Chiefs, and especially now all the buzz they're getting, maybe you put the Niners up there yeah, the as well. Nin- I think the Niners are definitely a serious they're team. A lot of buzz. So anyway, anyway, those just on the. I guess I think in this game, I think what boils down to is I don't know if you're really you shouldn't be picking either defense because they have holes and they're flawed. You should really be picking who's going to score, right? Yep. And who do you trust to score? I think is I guess what that implies, right? And so, yeah, I think that I think the talent advantage, especially on offense, is definitely with the Bills. But just between Allen and Diggs, hundred percent. And then McKenzie, that McKenzie dude carved them up. I guess I don't know. It's Cole Beasley injured or something. But anyway, it just feels like the Bills have dudes that they can kind of throw at you. While Mac Jones has, I mean, they have the running backs. You know, Ramondre and uh, Harris are good for sure. But this game is going to come down on offenses to the. Patriots running offense versus the Bills running defense. Bills passing offense versus the Patriots passing defense. Like, who wins those matchups will probably determine the game. Unless Max Jones, Mac Jones goes off. And remember, there were points in the year when I was on my couch watching the Patriots, like the Titans game, I remember being one. And I texted you being like, fuck, dude, Mac Jones is actually pretty good. And I thought that the whole, you know, the whole Patriots Buck Super Bowl might actually happen. So, yeah, we definitely, you know, maybe like if you think about the narratives of these teams going into the playoffs, the, the Patriots are playing their worst football, it feels like, and doing poorly. And the Bills have, have strung together a couple of wins. They're doing pretty good. Right. Yeah. So, like, if you want to just fade the Patriots, that- Patriots peaked six weeks ago, right? Six, eight weeks ago, the Patriots peaked. And they've just kind of been hanging on since then. I mean, they didn't they have the best record in the AFC at one point. Yeah, they were. Remember, the whole thing was like, they're going to play the Colts. They beat the Colts. They could have home field advantage throughout. Oh, no. They're going to the Super Bowl. But now it's like, can they beat the Bills on the road? Uh, The question is, where do you rank? Okay, well, coaches is the next thing on your list, right? I don't even know the Bills coach. Like, who's the Bills coach? Off the top of your head without Googling it, do you know who it is? (laughs) I'd recognize the name. If you said the name, I would recognize I'd be like, oh, that's the Bills coach. All right, let me see. Uh... Maybe that could be the Wordle for this week. Have you played that Wordle game that everyone's playing? No. It's like Hangman, sort of. Uh, oh, it's Sean McDermott, who I think of as an offensive okay. coordinator. Yeah. No, so I think – but, like, the thing is the Bills coach – I mean, I think, obviously, look, you got to trust Belichick. you got to take Belichick over McDermott just because of the track record and all that. But I don't think McDermott's a bad coach. I actually think he's oh. – I've never, I've never heard of like, oh my god, can you believe McDermott did X, Y, Z? Like you've never had that, which is like shockingly rare in head coaches. So many head coaches, you're going, oh my god, why are you doing? Like to just not say that is now like an advantage for a coach. And I've never heard that. I've never heard anyone freak out about the guy. So yeah, he doesn't. I don't give it to Belichick. Not like Mike but, McCarthy, who takes ten seconds to figure out if he wants to call a timeout when there's only thirty seconds on the clock. Mike McCarthy, no blankets. Sounds messed up. Sounds messed up. Which I'm very excited for. We talk about what has happened. All right. So yeah, we were talking about you know the coaching mismatch here. Mismatch. I mean, McDermott, you're right. McDermott's not a yeah. bad coach. 
I would say, look, I think I, I give it to Belichick, but it's like a, it's a small edge. I don't. I think it's more. You just give it. It's more on reputation. Not necessarily anything Belichick's done this season, but I would still go with him. I don't think McDermott's are in the. Oh, you've got the co- we've got the coaching advantage yet. Now, could he be? Could that be true in two or three years? Sure, but you know, let's. let's it's not there yet. All right, so I have McDermott the coaching advantage. So the last two are the similar. The nobody believes in us and strongest narrative. Yep. So I do think the narrative energy is actually with the Bills, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, they've been winning. They've been playing well. Uh, the last time they played, you know, the Bills kind of beat up, you know, beat the Patriots up. And so if anything, that if, you're, if it's go short the narrative, that's actually in the Patriots' favor. I feel like the is that is that your read as well? Or yep. Okay. I think right now, if you buy the Patriots, you're buying the lowest of the low for this season. They since they, they just lost to the Dolphins. Um, but you know, conspiracy deep here. I think Belichick threw that game because he wanted to play the Bills in Buffalo. Because he knew the odds of him getting a weather anomaly were higher in Buffalo than in New England. <laughs> uh, now I know that sounds ridiculous, and it's probably not true, but Hey man, conspiracy theories are flourishing right now. There's nothing wrong with that. We live in the time of conspiracy. So, you know, I'm doing the narrative energies with Buffalo, which would actually go in New England's favor. Well, I mean, Bill Belichick, that's like the Bill Belichick team, right? Everyone thinks they're just like a ragtag bunch. Nobody believes in them. They're the original nobody believes in this team. Yeah. They made nobody believes in us a thing in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, now they're also the nobody believes in us team. So those kind of – that's two points in the Patriots' favor. Nobody be, or no, nobody believes in us and short the narrative. Nope. So, Bills have more talent and the better quarterback, though. I know that's a tough – those two should be worth a point and a half. <laughs> Basically, it comes out kind of even. When you weigh it. I agree. So hopefully we get what we all want, a three-point game. Like, I want every single game to end on a field goal as time expires. That's what I want for this week. Yeah. Well, we won't get any ties. So. That's great. <laughs> no no more ties. We're done with ties. So. I mean, a touchdown to end the game would be great, too. But, you know, we'll see. So, yeah, but I mean, look, just because – we're doing all this talking, but in the end, my bet for this this game is going to be the over and the Patriots plus four and a half. Because I think you just got to – I'm going to trust Belichick. I'm going to trust, trust the Patriots on the road. I'm going to buy low on the Patriots narrative. Um, and the Bills are like – they're a prove-it-to-me team. Now, the Bills could come out and just blow them the fuck out of the water. People forget, like, the Bills were like – the Bills and the Browns were the two hot picks at the beginning of the year to win the AFC. And the Bills kind of lived up to it a little bit. The Browns obviously floundered. So I, you know, I, you, I would, I wouldn't doubt, I would not respect anyone less if they chose the Bills. It totally makes sense. Um, I could see this game easily getting out of hand, and then the Patriots trying to pass their way back into the game, and that not working. Yeah, I feel like you have to go one of two ways, or you could even do both bets, which is it's the opposite of middling, where you either take the Patriots money line or you get like a Bills plus ten. Yep. Or you just are plus nine and a half. So alternate like spread. Oh, okay. cool. Something like that. Because I. So, okay. All right, I feel like we've we've talked about this. I, I just wrote down. I'm going to do a Pat's money line. So I'm taking the two underdogs so far. So I think I think that's all the underdogs I'm done with for the night. <laughs> Although Niners, this was the year of the short dog. Yeah, we'll talk. Well, the Niners and the, the Cowboys. 
I don't understand that line because uh, 80% of the tickets are on the Niners and so is 60% of the money. So like the Niners, the line should be moving away from the Niners. Niners, it should sink below two, three for the Cowboys, but it's going the opposite direction. So there's something weird going on in that line. We'll talk about it. So next game though, next game is uh, is Steel is uh, sorry Eagles at Bucks. Eagles at Bucks, yeah. So this game is the game I think is most prone to be an upset, which I know is blasphemous to go against the Bucks and Brady, and I'm probably going to lose with this idea. But the weather is terrible. It's, there's going to be like rain and hurricane type weather. It's 60 degrees. The Bucks don't look that good. I mean, like they have Mike Evans, right? They don't have Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. Brady has basically one good receiver and one good tight end. And which don't is have Fournette. Don't have what? Fournette. They don't have Fournette, do they? I think Fournette's back, no? Oh, he's going to be back? Okay. No. The only problem is the Eagles have like essentially a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback. With Jalen Hurts. What was your Jalen Hurts take again? So you look at the Eagles, they're basically the canonical good-bad team where against non-playoff teams, they're something like 9-1 and one, or they're like 9-2. and two, And against playoff teams, they're 0-6. It's literally like <laughs> – and I said like I said, Jalen Hurts is a – I call him he's the B-court – he's the B-court all-star. Mm-hmm. Why is it – what's it? So for people who didn't go to Cal, like there was an A-court and a B-court and a C-court, right? But the best players play the A court and the, you know, second tier players play the B court, right? So, you know, there were dudes who could ball up on the B court and they were like ball and they were the best player. And then they go to the A court and then they just, they sucked, right? Or <laughs> they were just like didn't belong on the court. And that's why I feel like it's Jalen Hurts. The book is, hey, look, if it's, you know, when he was at Alabama, he was, yeah, he could totally smoke Vanderbilt or he could totally smoke like Arkansas or whatever, right? But he literally got benched on the, in the play, national championship game. Because he wasn't – that's it. he just wasn't playing well, right? And same, yeah. so, and that's kind of like what it is. Like, yeah, this dude – yeah, if you if you run him up against, you know, a, a sad sack team, he can throw for 250 yards, you know, go whatever, 20 for 25, 250, 260 yards, have a rushing touchdown, look great. But play him against like a legit team and he just – it's not there, right? Because they're just – that legit team will go, okay, we're not going to let you run and we're going to make you throw and we're going to cover your guys and we're going to make you be accurate and – you won't be accurate. So that was like, anyway, that was like what I was, uh, that was my, that was my like Jalen Hurts's B team superstar. I mean, you got And you also don't gotta forget him. This is a big test for the Alabama quarterback uh, class. You got Mac Jones and you got Jalen Hurts, right? He was, was he Alabama or no? Am I making that yeah, up? He was in Alabama, but he transferred to the Sooners. Okay. So, well, maybe not as much there, but you know, you still got to wonder. I think these Alabama quarterbacks, Bryce Young might be okay, but I think a lot of their success is they play with NFL off, like all first round offensive linemen and have yeah. like first round wide receivers. Like it's easy to look good then, you know? Yeah, this is why I say you never take a USC quarterback because they're in mm-hmm. the Pac 12. They're they have all these five, four and five star linemen, all these four and five star skill guys. And so yeah, everyone looks like a, <laughs> everyone looks amazing. And then they get to the NFL and they're like Wait, how come my guys aren't bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else? And it's like, dude, it's the NFL. Like, it's called parody. And they're like, oh, I, I don't know actually how to deal with this. It's like, and if you go through every USC quarterback who's played the NFL, they all hit this like issue where they hit the ceiling. The only so, good one I can remember is Carson Palmer was pretty good. Carson Palmer was pretty good. He definitely was better than average, but like it started with Liner. Liner was the first one because Liner was a boss in college. And then when he didn't have, you know, all these like studs protecting him and dudes to throw to, he's like, oh. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to when everyone has the same level of talent as you. 
He also has played for the Jets. I saw a funny Bleacher Report stat. Every team in the NFL has made the playoffs. Not Matt Leonard. So what? Every team in the NFL has made the playoffs since 2016, except the New York Jets, who. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I mixed up Mar Sanchez, man. They look so similar. Um, every team in the NFL has made the playoffs since 2016, except the Jets. For them, it was 2010. They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years, double as long as every everyone else. It's That's like right. it's an incredible amount of incompetence for the NFL. Yeah. I mean, man. I mean, I think that's like the Jets' peak since they won Super Bowl three. Like their peak effectiveness was came under Rex Ryan. So you know, take that as <laughs> take from that what you want. But so I think now here's the thing. Here's how the Eagles can win this, right? And it's I guess the Bucks. Yeah, they they're a good run team. They're able, and the Bucks' run defense is a little weak right now because Levante David is out, and now it's like very he's back. He's back. You will be back, but. I heard he's not going to be at 100%. They think I don't think he will. I mean, I think he's playing because it's a playoffs. This is me regurgitating what the other pods say. So I don't, I don't know enough. But this is what people are saying is like, look, obviously the Bucks are favored, most likely to win. But the path to the Eagles winning is they're going to – it's not going to be Jalen Hurts going for 350 in four touchdowns. It's going to be just – they get like 230, 250 yards on the ground. They control the clock. Brady only gets like two or three possessions in the fourth quarter. Right, and then they're they're playing behind something like that. They basically watch the Saints tape and copy what the Saints did against the Bucks. They do that, pressure Brady, make him uncomfortable, lock up the receivers. They can win. Now, will it happen? I don't know. The Bucks are the defending Super Bowl champion, and not to jump to narrative, but key narrative thing here. Simmons pointed this out on his pod. This could be Tom Brady's last game. I mean, every game could be Tom Brady's last game, but. Do you think Tom Brady's going to announce like a year ahead that this is his last year, or do you think he's going to be one of those more like Tim Duncan type of retirements? You know, mm. I'm very skeptical of this being his last game because I mean, what are they losing? Why can't they compete next season? I think he's going to play well as long as he can compete, and I don't see why they can't compete next season. They just the only their only issue is they can't they got really bad luck with injury timing because mm-hmm. they had they lost like. 44. Does he enjoy playing anymore? He has nothing to play for. Literally nothing other than love of the game. Yeah, but I mean, dude, he's been playing like he's loved the game and it's been the sole center of his life for nearly three decades now. If you go back to high school and college, yeah, just say family's getting pissed at him, yeah. I can tell. Um, so I did watch the whole Man in the Arena series, which I strongly recommend. And I read um, It's Better to Be Feared. I got to say, I want to apologize to Tom Brady. I feel like I did not appreciate his greatness as much as I should have. And I spent a lot of time criticizing him and like just hating him because he was good. Tom Brady is fucking awesome, man. Like why do we time after time, like count this guy out and think he can't win? Like even in this game, I'm taking the Eagles and the money and the spread. When I'm like, what am I doing? Like we haven't even mentioned once the reason the Bucks are going to win this game is they have Tom fucking Brady. Like that should be the only reason. Like that should be, that's it. That's why they're going to win. There should be no no other argument needed. Yeah, I I would honestly I would actually go the other way. I would just take the I take the Bucks side of the spread, and I mean just basically for the reason you said is like, what am I am I going to feel dumb going? Well, I picked the Bucks side of the spread in the playoffs. Or am I going to feel dumb if I'm like, why did I think the Eagles going into Tampa Bay were going to actually do anything against Tom Brady and this Bucks team? Exactly. Defending champ. It's, it's never a bad bet to bet on Tom Brady. Um, right. I mean, 
even if you lose, you can say, well, like, well, I was betting on Tom Brady. And he is, exactly. he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's the greatest team sport athlete of all time. I think he's better than Jordan. And I think you can make a much better case for Brady than Jordan in that. Brady's career is 20. He's playing until he's 44. He did what Jordan couldn't do. He went to a different team and won a championship. Uh, we'll table that. Table that. But I, I know it's going to get you irritated. But I mean, honestly, Max, it's hard to argue against Tom Brady in that case. He owns every single record for the yeah. quarterbacks. Jordan isn't even the top scorer of all time. Like, it's right. not even like – it's not even a close argument in my opinion. No, what, when you have that – when you are in the – it's like – I mean, when you're at the point where we're not even, not even arguing in your sport, we're arguing across sports, that's, like, pretty legendary, right? Because it's, like, Brady's now in the Brady, Jordan, Tiger, Serena, Muhammad Ali, to Gretzky talk. Like, where we're talking yeah, yeah, cross yeah. sport, we're talking icons. We're not even talking, like, because we just true, tabled, uh, we've tabled the NFL discussion where we're like, you know what, you guys can all fight for second place. And maybe once you get to second place and you have a good five years, then we'll talk about you versus Brady, but Brady is so lapping the field; it's not even. And we gotta let the team You can't do individual because these guys could never catch like Serena in tennis or Tiger in golf. It's just way too much championship winning, you know. All right, yeah. So anyway, so um. Anyway, yeah. okay, but yeah, so you you like the Eagles? You're doing the Eagles. I would just go. I would go Pats. I like or, sorry, the Eagles mainly because I a part of me thinks the Eagles can actually win this game. And it could be wrong. And every time this year, when I've liked an underdog that was greater than a touchdown, and you've said, no, I have lost. And I've lost in splendid fashion. So, Max, you're probably going to be right again. Uh, so, here, let's go through. So, the five questions we have are most talented. I mean, is Bucks. Bucks. Best QB. Bucks. Bucks. Don't you trust? I mean, I don't trust Arians, but I, I don't. I like Sirianni. I think he's a good coach, actually. I like Sirianni. So, okay. And then the nobody believes in us. I mean, that's definitely with Eagles. Although yeah. maybe Bucks because they're like, hey, they're writing us off because we're injured. And yeah. Brady, like you said, Brady and Belichick invented nobody believes in us. Mm-hmm. And then what? what's the strongest narratives, would you say? What are the narratives going into this? I'm just... It's tough. I think it's got to be the Bucks trying to repeat, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the narrative. I don't have one. These teams have strong narratives. Yeah, it's just – anyway, so I just think the spread's too big for people to get really invested. I mean, still, I guess, like, so we have have the Bucks with talented QB. We're going to punt the narrative. Coach, I would still trust Arians over Siriano. And then – but – and then also – you know what the other narrative is? is Tom Brady, Eagles revenge. Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl revenge game. That actually goes in the Eagles' favor. Yeah, Brady tends to not do well against teams he's lost to in the Super Bowl. They're like in his head. Yeah. So okay, Bucks get QB talent, and then maybe no, we'll split on narrative. Or push, sorry, we'll push, narrative, push narrative. Push narrative. I don't know. I feel like you push the other three. I just feel yeah, like nobody can go either way. You can push the coach you trust. Um, I don't know. So anyway, I, I still I would. I mean. Bucks are going to win this. I, I would just take the puck spread. If it was me. Yeah. So, all right. Let's take a pause for five minutes. I just got to go to the bathroom real quick. All right, Max. Let's get to the game we've all been waiting for. I think this is the game, of the, week. game of the week. What? I, I agree. I think this is the game of the week. So, I, I want to tell one story because this is the first game, football game I ever watched was in 1994. 
at my friend Anisha's house. His birthday's in January. It was the 49ers and the Cowboys. I was seven years old. And his dad bet me that the Cowboys would win. And I bet on the Niners. And the Niners lost that game. But I went on to become a ravenous football fan. So my first football memory is these two teams playing each other, me gambling with someone's dad on the game, and the Niners losing. So uh, this is just brings back all the feels, Max. I'm going to enjoy this one. I'm going to be living in the past for three hours. It's going to be – this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, by the way, is my audio okay? Yeah, it's good. Okay. First of all, what a shitty dad to bet a, a grade school kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> That's messed up, man. It was like a gentleman's wager. Okay, okay. He did actually bet it. He was like collecting $5 for no. your, like your allowance money or something. No, I mean, like, I was seven or something, and he was like <laughs> in his 40s or whatever. Okay, okay. Good. Okay, that's much better. That was just like, oh, let's just do this for fun. I was like, dude, is this guy literally like taking your lunch money? Literally taking your lunch money <laughs> for a football game? Oh. Like this grade school kids cry because yeah. Okay, no, that's a great story. No, I think look, uh, we're we're millennials. I mean, my first football memories are the Cowboys in the Cowboys Niners being those good where they traded NFC Championship games for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I think the first Super Bowl I watched was Niners Chargers. Me too. Uh, I remember the Cowboys beating the Steelers. I remember the Cowboys beating the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I then remember watching the Green Bay beat the Patriots and then the Broncos being the – anyway, but no, like those are – I think a lot of people, those are like very formative. That was a great early 90s rivalry. Yep. It was awesome. And so it's kind of cool. It is like it hits you in the feels a little. And so – okay, so I think I texted you about – It's a great fucking game. Like this game has the makings of an incredible matchup actually. If you look at the two teams, like – the Cowboys have a great passing game. They'll probably be able to score on the Niners. The Niners have a great running game. They're going to move the ball on the Cowboys. I think – I hope we get a scoring fest, you know. And I just, so, I just hope the refs don't fuck this game up. So you know what I texted you, right? And I texted you this. I was like, I think this game comes down to are we getting page three Jimmy or are we getting front page James? Hey, front page it's really <laughs> – <laughs> Is is Jimmy Garoppolo finally moving on to the Pornhub front page, or is he is he still after this? Is he clicking back to page four? Next, next, next. Is he, next, going, is he just getting next, next, next? Or is he going straight there and just going yes? I get I get that first scroll. I mean, there are the, pros. The and reason why is there are pros and cons to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he made it to the Super Bowl as a quarterback. Now they mostly ran the ball, and it was a very like Ravens quarterbacky type of way of making the Super Bowl. But they did make it. But then I've also seen Jimmy Garoppolo, like, fuck up so many times that I, I have a lot of – I'm really scared of putting faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it feels like Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I kind of – did we say this? He feels like a rich man's Jared Goff, yeah. you know, where, yeah, it looks good when everything's working right. But if things are sideways, like, you have no faith in him to be the one who's going to pull it out of a hat. Now, he did do that last week. He that They did save their season. They were Their season was over. But and he threw – but. Wasn't that mostly Debo Samuel yakking all over the field? Yeah. So first of all, I don't know if anyone saw that, but I texted you. I was like that, and so it was. It's not. It was yeah. Debo Samuel the fifty-five yard catch or whatever. But his the what he did after that catch was, I mean, it was it's it was like an extra fifteen twenty yards. But literally, I think he's the only guy on earth who would have gotten that to the twenty yard line or wherever he got it to. That was amazing. Yeah. Like how he really good. He start first of all, he was at a dead stop with the throw. 
He starts picking up speed, plants with his left, and cuts up field to evade the tackler. Totally shit. I mean, that was I, that the I that, like, I've always the only person I've seen do something like that is Devin Hester, where it's just that kind of just zip and then yeah. get by people where you think they're totally done. It was incredible. That was I, – I mean, he's special, man. He is a top five offensive talent. I mean, sure. I agree. And I, the Niners have a few of them. They have him. They have Kittle. And Elijah Mitchell is really good when he's healthy. But, you know, he has that when he's healthy name on him. Yeah, so I think – look, I think if you're the Cowboys, and I, I don't know what they're – I mean, I would assume if this is Bill Belichick coaching against the Niners. Bill Belichick, I mean, he's famous for – I'm just going to take away your best weapon, right? And so if you're the Niners, you're basically – or if you're the Cowboys, your strategy would be we're just going to – Look, Jimmy, if we lose, we'll lose to Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not going to lose to Debo Samuel, but we'll lose to Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to make Jimmy throw, but we're not going to let this Niners team run all over us, right? I don't now. I don't know if Dan Quinn is good enough to figure that out. By the way, fun narrative. You know, 2016 Falcons shame shame expungement because Kyle Shanahan was the OC and Dan Quinn was the head coach, and now Uh, Dan Dan Quinn's the head the DC of uh, the Cowboys. Who are the, like I said, something like the, I think they were the number one ranked DVOA defense? Number two I mean, look, DVOA they turned, defense. They turned the ball over a lot, and they've had some big blots where, like, they destroyed the Reds, the, the football team when the football team was pretty good. I'm interested to see if they put, is it Trayvon Diggs? Trayvon Diggs yeah. on Debo? Because I don't really think that's a great matchup, per se, because Trayvon Diggs is more of, like, a guy who gets a lot of interceptions. Right. He's not a shutdown corner. Short yardage catch yak over the field guy. So I'm not, I'm not. I'm interested to see what the Cowboys do on defense in that matchup. Um, I mean, Micah Parsons is a beast. So is Demarcus Lawrence. Randy Gregory's not bad either. Um, the Cowboys have a lot of stars on their defense, but I think this game will come down to can the others kind of hold it together. Yeah, I mean, I think this. So on the Niners side of the ball, it's going to be. I mean, I'm assuming if you're the Cowboys, you're saying we're going to make Jimmy beat us. And if Jimmy's look, if Jimmy's hitting Kittle, if he's hitting. You know the non. Uh, if he's hitting Ayuk, right? They're they're going to be scoring points, and especially if he's doing that, then they're going to have to respect it, and then they can do play how they want to play, which is with the run game, right? Where they want to be just running the ball down your throat. I guess on the offensive side, I don't really. I mean, I think the Cowboys they do want to. Do they want to beat you more with the pass? Like they want to be hitting CD and a party. Yeah, I mean the whole. Thing, you think of the Cowboys and you think of Zeke and Tony Pollard, but. That's not the heart of this team anymore. Zeke is kind of in his later years, I think, or not. He's not as good anymore. But Dak is really good, and that's the big, the main question. Best quarterback. I actually believe in Dak Prescott. I've seen a lot out of him in important situations where he like comes through, like and, you know, and he's definitely gotten worse in the second half of the year. I don't know if that's an injury or something or what. Um, but he, and he's come short on some throws, but. I remember the opening game when he led them down the field against the Bucks, like going toe to toe with Tom Brady on full oh, with that full team, and I was like, "All right, Dak's pretty good," and that and he's continued it fairly consistently. So I, I don't think this game is like now everybody and their mom is betting the Niners in this game. Yeah, it's the most popular underdog parlay bet. It makes me nervous because I I have been taking the Niners the whole week. I every I would just check the apps, and the second the line got to three and a half, bet on the Niners. Every time, three and a half, I would take the Niners. At three, I would just sit and wait. I knew it would come back up to three and a half. I would take the Niners again. So I've had the three and a half of the Niners. I have the Niners over point total. I have uh, – I think I have the over for the game. I don't know. But now that we're getting into the week, and I saw like Cal- I saw Colin Cowherd on Twitter be like, I really like the Niners against the Cowboys. And when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. like This might be too public of a bet now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're- – 
you know, Simmons, if you heard the Simmons pot, he said something like 65% of the money was coming in on the Niners. It was like, just, yeah, they're, they're definitely the, all the money's piling in on them. I mean, so, but Max, can you help me think? I've been trying to figure this out. So this is the scenario. Okay. The line opened minus three. The line moved to minus three and a half. 80% of the money and 60% of the bets were on the Niners. How could the line the, uh, – this thing is saying opposite now. It's saying three and a half down to three, which makes sense. But how could the line move up periodically to three and a half if 80% of the money is on the Niners? And uh, it, that's all you really need to know. That That's reverse line movement. It's line movement yeah, in the weird. opposite direction of where they're the, the, putting the money. So my question is, is like Vegas know something? Or am I missing something? Do they know something I don't know? Like what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I, look, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. So, okay, so here, let's go back. Okay, so best QB, I think we both say Dak over Jimmy, right? Yep. Take Dak over Jimmy. Most talented, I feel like it's a little more complicated because, look, the, the Cowboys do have weapons with CD and Cooper, and I think they're, they're all fully healthy on offense at this point, right? Is there any major injuries, or are they pretty much back? They're, they're good to go. They kind of got their dudes all together. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Debo is probably the best player in this game. Right, they're the most dangerous player in this game. But Kittle's great. Uh, but then also, like the Cowboys have Micah Parsons, and people are saying that Micah Parsons might be the next JJ Watt in terms of yeah. how good he is. I mean, so, like, this is a tough. This is a tough. This game is a tough read, man. Um, but so here's the big thing, though. Here is the big thing that. So normally I was like, okay, like the Cowboys have some nobody believes in us energy. Feels like the narrative energy is going with the Niners, Dak over Jimmy. I even think they match on talent. But here is the big thing is the Cowboys have, uh, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Mike McCarthy as their head coach, Mike McCarthy. And- the Niners have an ace in their hole. <laughs> ace in oh the yeah. Hole. Yeah. Cause look, Kyle Shanahan, I know the, you know, there's a famous thing now that like Simmons and cousin Sal were picking on every week, how he has a losing record and all that, but nobody's hitting on Kyle Shanahan's in-game decision-making. Right. Mm-hmm. No one's saying he makes bad in-game decisions. And Mike McCarthy's the opposite. Mike McCarthy's had like a huge winning record, but he has like one of the most like you know picked on in game decision makers ever. Like Mike McCarthy has the Phil Jackson thing, where he just he just gets really lucky with the teams he goes to. That's yeah, what I well, think is about him. Yeah, he knows. Well, there's hey, look, part of it's knowing uh, picking the right side before you fight the battle. You know, That's true. there's a, there's a there's something to be said for that. And hey, like you read Phil. I mean, he was really smart. I mean, he. That was amazing in that uh, playing for Keeps book. Is Then this was written in 98. Before he becomes a Lakers coach, they talk about how Phil was actively angling for that Lakers job mm-hmm. before he got it. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So you got to, you know, there's something to be said for that. But yeah, no, but the more important thing is like Mike McCarthy is like, <laughs> I mean, he, he's like a minus one and a half, right? Yeah. You know yeah. He's going to do something stupid. He's going to make, he's going to call a timeout the wrong time. He's going to – it's going to be fourth and one on, you know, the other team's 41, and he's going to – and they're moving the ball, and he's going to decide to punt it. He's going to punt know? it, or if they go for it, he's going to call a pass. He's going to call, like, a deep pass to the end zone type of thing. Yeah, it's gonna, he's going to run, like, a fade route or something. Yeah. And it's like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, you know, you, I mean, I, I would love – I don't know if you could ever – if you could have an over-under for shaky decisions by a head coach for Mike McCarthy, it's got to be one and a half. Just right. like bad decisions. Like, like has Mike McCarthy never played Madden? Like, most of the yeah. people, like, if you've just played Madden enough in your youth, you know, like, the basics of clock management, you know? 
Like over under how many times we text each other going, what is McCarthy doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's just, you know, I think the moment is just too big for him sometimes. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, so I have I, all those points. So like I have the Cowboys getting the narrative. They have the nobody believes in us factor. They have the QB factor. I have a push on talent. I also yes. get them as the other, like the narrative energy seems more Niners focused. So if anything that benefits Cowboys, but Mike McCarthy's worth like three of those. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I've just seen this guy just do too much questionable shit for a decade plus. So anyway, that that's kind of the whole, I don't know. The, the other thing that's actually interesting though is Jimmy Garoppolo playing for his job. Like Jack, Dak's going to be the co- co- quarterback of the Cowboys. Yep. Definitely. And Mike McCarthy's, I mean, look, Jerry Jones, I mean, fired Jason Garrett about five years later than he should have, right? Yeah. So Mike McCarthy yeah, and Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones holds on. But I don't know. I mean, I think the best thing that could happen to me would be if the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy and the Bears hire him based on his winning track record. I think that would be the oh best. That would be such a Bears move to <laughs> – Brian Flores goes, I want the Bears job. We go, thanks. We've got Mike McCarthy. Sorry. <laughs> Brian Flores. Guy. So, I don't know. The, you know, that was just – that's all of office politics because it's clearly the GM who sucks there, not the coach. The coach actually did a good job with that team. Um, yeah. Like, the GM's the one who's fucking that shit up. But whatever. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Hey, the Dolphins lost. No, I liked Flores. I thought he was yeah. – Thought he was a good coach. Uh, yeah, I would love him. He'd be a perfect Bears coach. He, he's, he's like he is perfect. I guess very, 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 very Lovey Smith vibes in that he's a defensive coach. Yeah, and so I guess the question is like if I mean the concern would be if he can develop fields or not, but whatever. You know, we can not another pod. So okay. So what are you gonna pick in all that? Next, who are you gonna pick in the Niners Cowboys? Cowboys are minus three. So I think okay, this is my I actually like Simmons is pick that if you're going to pick he had this thing where if you pick you should whoever you pick to win this you should go pick to go to the super bowl Mm -hmm. i i I would nuance that where i'd say if i were to pick the niners i would pick the niners go to super bowl as well i wouldn't just pick them to win i just say you know what they're going all i wouldn't necessarily pick them to win i'd pick them to go yeah because they are they are like a tough matchup for the packers yeah and i think this i mean like i asked you like which team are you most afraid of and you're like well i'm afraid of tom brady but i am afraid of the niners because they I mean, the Packers barely squeaked out a win against the Browns because the Browns just ran the ball down their throats. Well, let's remember, they played the Niners, and they barely squeaked out a win against the Niners. The two teams yeah. played. <laughs> like, yeah, and that was like Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but if, but if you remember that game, Max, the, the Packers actually had a pretty good lead in that game, and then the Niners came back, which has kind of been a theme this year So with the Packers. But this is different. It's, it's winter football, and it's at the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to play a team that can run the ball well. Basically, is the is the long and short of it. Honestly, if I were to pick something, I'd probably just pick the over because mm-hmm. I don't like picking with the herd. You know, yep. I don't like being a part of an overcrowded trade. But I just can't, in good conscience, put my the idea of letting Mike McCarthy be in control of my money is disgusting to me, and like makes me puke in my mouth. So, main thing I would just say, I'm going to go over. So, here's what I'm going to pick, Max, and this is actually kind of what I picked. I'm betting. $40 to win $400 on Dallas minus three exact. Okay. Exact. Because, and how I did it is I bet 200 on Niners three and a half and 
my eye and how did you fucking do it? And 200 on the Cowboys at minus two and a half. I think that's what I did. So minus three exact. I'm hitting the middle. And because I think that's what's going to happen here. If you look at the – these lines are good, man. Playoff lines are good. There's a reason this line isn't moving to four. There's a reason this line isn't moving below three. It's because the bookies know that this is the right line, and this is going to be a this is going to be probably the most bet on game of the week, other than the Monday night game, where everyone's going to go chase it. Um, but I think the cow, I think this game is going to be 27-24. That that's exactly the score I think because it's fifty one is the over under, and it's minus three Dallas, and twenty seven twenty four makes a shitload of sense if you think about it. Um, okay, that's where I think we're headed with this one. All right, yeah. So you have you have exactly Cowboys by three. I've got mm-hmm. the over. Okay. Yeah. All right. I feel like we talked this week with this one. Let's go to yeah. the next one. All right. This one. Steelers. Uh, Chiefs. Let's keep Steelers it brief. Chiefs. I kind of wish that game would have tied because I feel like the Steelers don't belong in the playoffs. Okay. We just, we just gave the, the Chiefs a bye week, basically. So so let me. I, I have thoughts on this. So I've texted you. I want. I want to. I want. If I could trademark this, I would. I said the Steelers are the naggy. What <laughs> is that exactly? Well, if you recall last year, the Bears were the seven seed in the playoffs, yep. and it was like. So my wife watches a lot of um, like contestant shows. You know, like mm-hmm. Top Chef or whatever. Yeah. And, and so the thing is, is that like, you know, it starts with a big field, and it still gets like, winded down, right? Nope. Well, like your strategy, some people, there's clearly very evident each season. There's like one or two people who realize they're not nearly as talented. And so their strategy is like, I'm just not going to be last. So I'm just going to make it week to week. But then yeah. there's one week where the judges are like, why are you still here? How do you make You're out. Get the fuck out of here. You don't belong here. Right. And that is the Steelers. And that was the bears last year where it was just like evident from the kickoff first drive. It was like, why are you guys here? Like you, this is a total waste of everybody's time. It was just, yeah. So anyway, I, I think we should call the, cause the seven seed is new. I think we should call that team with this shouldn't belong there. And I just feel like this is gonna be a game where as soon as it starts, we're also gonna be like, it's gonna be the text. Like, all right, you know, I'm just gonna go for a walk or, you know, I got to do some chores. Like I'm not, yeah. this is not, it's not gonna usually be the game where like, if you, if you have some alcoholic beverages on Sunday, you got to go to bed, even though it is Martin Luther King weekend. So props to the NFL for timing this out. Perfectly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this would be like, I might be able to get in bed early on Sunday night and kind of just watch it. Set doze off while watching this. Of course you can always like bet on different things to make my favorite bet in this game. And it's, it's hard to find anymore is Steelers minus seven at the half. So you bet the, uh, not Steelers, sorry, chiefs minus seven at the half. So you bet the chiefs because the chiefs are probably going to get out to a big lead and then the Steelers right. are going to try to, you know, come back, which, Oh, that's such a good bet. Cause you can see that you can see this, the Steelers, this has a Steelers backdoor cover where they're down 17 and then score the garbage time touchdown yeah. and then lose the onside kick that you could totally see that happening. Yeah. That is such a good chase bet. Claypool triple covered and somehow chase Claypool catches the ball. Yeah. That is such a good bet. Oh, that's such a, uh, yeah. I'm jealous of that one. It's gone well now. It's seven and a half, and that's a little bit harder to get, but it's still not a horrible bet. All right, hold on. Let me take a pause. I got to go. Yeah, I would have anything. Oh, you got to take a break? Right. Yeah, hold on a second. If you, but, yeah, I think that's a good bet. Keep looking. Yeah, look at the Steelers. This is what they've been doing is they get, keep getting behind, and then Big Ben's pulling like a step on the side. Yeah. And I mean, let's think about this QB battle, Mahomes is better. Coaching battle, I mean, I like Tomlin. Reed and Tomlin are both good coaches, Mike. I take Reed. I mean, 
talent. I think you got to go to the Chiefs with the Chiefs, though. The, the Steelers have yeah. good offense. There is one chance for the Steelers, and that is if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. That is the only chance for the Steelers. Yeah, if, seriously. If TJ Watt uh, concusses Patrick Mahomes, then we got we got ourselves a game. Uh, right. Like, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. So I mean, the only thing that the Steelers have is that nobody believes in those factor. But you know what? Nobody believes in you, and there's a reason. No one should ever believe in the Nagy. Okay, don't believe the Nagy. Yeah, I'm not betting the. I'm not betting the Steelers. I'm not doing making that mistake. Um, yeah, so I think. Uh, oh, shoot, I was gonna, sorry. I had another point, but I blanked on it. So let me ask you. Since there's not much to talk about this game, because we think the Chiefs are gonna win. Do you think the Chiefs are gonna make the Super Bowl? I mean, uh, it's hard to really pick anybody else in the AFC. I, do you think it's going to be Chiefs Titans AFC Championship game? I'm trying to think who would beat them. I mean, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, so I want to say yeah. Oh, this is what I had written down. As we talk about, there's a nobody believes in us team. There's an everybody believes in us team. Mm-hmm. I said the Chiefs are the nobody cares about of us team. Where I said <laughs> like, oh, what do you think about the Chiefs? I just don't think anyone cares. They're just like, oh no, they're like this emotional vortex where no one's. They're like, like if you're like, oh. If the Chiefs like make it to the AFC Championship game, I was like, all right, good for the Chiefs. I mean, nobody that wasn't their year. It just feels like no one's off the pig. The lipstick off the pig with the Chiefs, but Sims had a good point on his pod. Like Mahomes making it to the Super Bowl really changes the narrative around this Chiefs team. I think going to three straight Super Bowls, straight Super Bowls, that's like a dynasty type of thing. Um, Going to two straight, like teams do that sometimes, you know. Um, So I think there is some narrative, uh, you know. Strength on the line. Honestly, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, the Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't see any team in the NFC actually beating the Chiefs. Period. I don't. I really can't see it. Um, well, the only the te- the only person who's ended the Chiefs' season the last two year three years has been Pat Tom Brady, Thomas Edward Brady. Yeah, I mean Max, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, he's great. And I think we could very easily be sitting here four weeks from now, being like. Why did we not understand that Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl? Going to be in the Super Bowl? Like, what were we thinking? Like, how could I'm it be? Taking, I'm taking the Bucks spread. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm betting with. So yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah, being down like they're because they're they were very like offense heavy, and to lose both Godwin and yeah. Antonio Brown yeah. was pretty big. Yeah, they could have lost one. And their defense hasn't been as dominant this year, and it didn't close as dominant down the stretch. Like their defense. The Chiefs look a lot like last year's Bucks, where they were kind of, what the fuck's going on? And then they got their shit together, you know, both defensively and offensively. So I like that. Maybe this is the time you sprinkle money on the Chiefs Super Bowl bet. Yeah. I mean, I I look at it. I think you make like Chiefs. I don't know what odds you can get. What can you get for odds for Chiefs win AFC? Let me see. I'll check on FanDuel right now. See, I can do that now, Max, because I have access to that now. Yeah. Um, Legalized sports gambling is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I literally just – you can put on – I got a Fubo TV with NBA League Pass so I can four-screen NBA games every day of the week and just live bet different games as I go. Um, it really makes it a very enjoyable experience. NFL, conference winner. Chiefs are plus 175 to make – they're the favorites in the AFC. It's pretty good. That's a good bet. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was going to take anyone else, I would take the Bills at plus 350. I don't think I'm going to take the Titans at plus 310, even though the Titans have really proven that they're good this year, in my opinion. I love, I love them as a regular season team. 
I'm not sure how I feel about them in the playoffs. I agree. I like that Bills plus 352. Yeah, because I can see the Bills doing it. Um, So I could definitely see the Bills just like if they – like similar to the Niners where, hey, if you're going to pick the Niners to win, you should just pick them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Kind of feel that way with the Bills. If you're going to pick them to beat this Patriots team, I feel like this is just a bad matchup. And if they can beat this team, they can then kind of go all the way. But then again, the Titans beat the Bills, so – uh, my one corollary, I'm sorry about your Niners thing. So my friends were asking me that too. Like, why do I want the, I want the Cowboys to win because I don't want the Packers to have to play the Niners. I would love nothing more, Max. My dream narrative for the for the Packers, and this is what I was – I was laying in bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was excited. And I'm like, who do I want the Packers to play? I want them to play the Niners in the first round or the divisional round, and then I want them to play the Bucks in the conference championship. That way, if they make the Super Bowl – they beat the last two teams to beat them in the NFC Championship game. It's yep. like a, it's a nice like comeback. Fuck you to both of those teams, you know. No, I mean the ultimate last dance narrative. Is they beat the Niners. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Chiefs. Yeah, it's just the like, like we're Aaron the best. Rodgers, yeah, and Aaron Rodgers like thank you very much. Please trade me to the New Orleans Saints or <laughs> 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 whatever he does. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think he'll. I think if they, I think if they make the Super Bowl, he'll stay if they keep him in Adams. All right, should we hop right. to the last game? So last I actually game. was like, I will, I'm going to take, I'm just going to take the Chiefs winning the AFC. That's my bet from this game. Chiefs that's, I mean, that's not, that's better than, uh, I mean, that's a good bet because their next round opponent, they're going to host, they're going to host either the Bengals or the, what is it, the Patriots or the Bills or something. They're going to host the Patriots, I think. I think if you really look at it, it's something like that. It might be the Bills, but they're hosting. If I, you were the Chiefs, you'd you'd rather play the Bills at home in the divisional round versus the NFC Championship game, correct? I mean, wait, what? Would you, wouldn't you rather play the Bills in the AFC Championship or divisional round? Yeah, if you're the Chiefs, I would rather play them at home in the divisional round. I mean, I, well, what, what's the choice? You play. I mean, you're playing them at home regardless. Not either way, yeah, but I mean, I'd rather play them in the divisional round than the championship game. Well, I mean, I'd rather. Play him in the championship because I know I made the championship, you know? <laughs> I just don't want them to have that confidence. Because if that if the Bills have beaten the Titans, I don't think they have a choice, though. I think if the Bills win, they're playing the – no, no. If the Bills win, they're playing the Chiefs. That's right. that's, that's that's the next round if both of them win. So that's set in stone, I think. Um, okay. okay. I don't know. I, I like the Chiefs to just go all the way. All right. Let's get to the last game, which I argue has, like, in some ways has the largest stakes because I think the loser of this game is going, dude, what are we doing right now? Yeah. You know what's going on here? Is this going to work? And that's Cardinals at the Rams. I'm excited to see Kyler Murray make his playoff debut. I actually am a believer of Kyler Murray. He gives me major young Russell Westbrook vibes. Russell Wilson, um, right? Undersized quarterback who still throws the ball accurately and deep, you know? He's not the natural leader or man of Jesus that Russell Wilson is, but um, you know I, I, I like Kyler Murray's game. I, I'm going to take Cardinals. Yeah, he's out, huh? But Hopkins is out though, right? Yeah, Hopkins has been out, but I like the Cardinals' defense. I like Buda Baker. I like Patrick Peterson. JJ Watt might play. Um, the Rams, man, Stafford is not something is wrong with Matt Stafford. He's a shaky. He's, he feels like a shaky quarterback to me. Yeah. So look. As a Chicago Bears fan, seeing all the – I've said this on the previous spot, but there's all this Stafford love. 
all yeah. this like and I, I really think it's just because look like a lot of the narratives are not driven by fact they're driven by relationships and they're driven by power yeah. and like look stafford's been around for over a decade by all accounts a very good guy i'm not maligning him as a person but there was just it just felt like hey he's just buddy buddy with all the right people so they're all got his back and then people are like we don't want to fight the narrative energy right yeah. it's really hard to fight bureaucracies it's really hard to fight narratives yeah so there's all this Stafford like buzz and love. I just never really, I was like, are we just discounting the fact that he had Calvin Johnson for the first decade of his career and never yeah, went anywhere? Like, are we just, this is immaterial. This is, it was, it was because he didn't have a good defense. Well, let's take a break. All right. Let's let's go break. All right so Matt Stafford. Sorry. So I was just saying, I, so 538, five, six years ago, something like that did this really interesting analysis where they kind of looked at um, when do you want, like, like how quarterbacks play in certain game situations. I remember talking to you about this because it was, like, interesting how they said, like, look, if you're, like, a, t- a touchdown or more, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback you can have, right? He's yeah. great at when he's ahead, kind of ramming the ball down your throat, kind of, you know, stopping yeah. your throat, right? But if you're even or behind – if you're even, he's still pretty good. But if you're behind, he's actually, like, an average QB. Yeah, because he's not—he's not willing to take risks. He's not willing to yeah. throw in a double coverage, right? But like, you kind of need to be willing to increase your inception rate to increase your touchdown rate. Yeah. Well, as opposed to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, actually were really good when you're down a touchdown or two because their interception rates went up, but also their touchdown rates went up, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, like Jay Cutler was like just totally mediocre. But one of the funniest, unique lines was for Matt Stafford, where your chances of winning—he was like, if you were down a touchdown. He was an above-average quarterback, but if you were up a touchdown, he was a below-average quarterback. It's like your chances of winning with him if you were down a touchdown were almost the same as if you were up a touchdown. Yeah. Right? It was like this weird, hilariously flat line. And that's because, like, this dude is just – he's a bad quarterback when he's ahead. Yeah. Great quarterback when you're behind, but he's a bad quarterback when he's you're ahead. That's just, like, kind of the book on him, and I don't really know if anything's really changed to suggest otherwise. Because, well, yeah, I- like – what I remember is when those a lot of those Lions teams would make furious comebacks towards the end. He's the ultimate backdoor cover quarterback. He's like a great at covering spreads, backdooring spreads, basically. Yeah. But um great fantasy stuff. Great garbage time. But like not so many trust the lead. And dude, like it wasn't like the NFC North was this bloodbath of a division <laughs> while he was there. I mean and then this guy was throwing the Calvin fucking Johnson, who's like one of the what top five most talented wide receivers of all time, you know? And like, you know, I don't, <laughs> anyway, it was just one of those things where it's just like when the Cowboys signed Mike McCarthy and everyone's like, what a great head coaching hire. And I was just kind of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was fired for a reason and he was fired too late. It'd be like everyone celebrating the hiring of Jason Garrett. It's like this dude was fired for a reason. And anyway, it was just so. So I am, like, not – like, yeah, like, when he looks good, he looks good, right? But they're also missing Robert Woods, who I think was actually pretty important for them. Now, they do have Cooper Cup, who, you know, we don't need to slobber his knob. But, like, he was great. He was absolutely great this season. And he's, you know, phenomenal, all that. But, like, they don't have a good run game. They don't have a good O-line. They have Cooper Cup, which is great. And maybe they'll, they'll be good enough for this game. But, like, I'm – and I think there's also now they're, they they have the – I guess it's either good or bad is they have the – we really need to do it this year factor. Like they're backstage to the wall because if it doesn't work yeah. this year, they're like, dude, we actually – I mean they won a playoff game last year with Jared Goff, 
right? True. They did. They did they win a playoff last year, year, I feel like. Well, maybe I don't know if they were better last year, but their defense was better last year. I don't think the Rams' defense is as – I don't think the, uh, the idea of building a defense around star players makes any sense. I think defense is one of those things where you need all the parts to be better. And, like, yeah, you can have a star here or there, but it's better to have, like, 11 solid dudes or nine solid dudes with two stars versus having, like, four stars and then a bunch of other guys. Yeah, so, I, I mean – I'm just looking at their DVOA. They were fifth in DVOA, so I mean they were fine. But like they did have a very—I mean, if I recall, like they did have like a—I mean, the issue was their offense, right? Yeah. But like, I guess they're actually their offense in DVOA this season is pretty good. They're eighth, although it's not that high. Anyway, they're like it's a—it's above average, but it's not great. Yeah, I mean eighth is good. I'm just starting to question DVOA. I don't oh, yeah. know. If DVOA DVOA has some, there's some suspicious things here where it yeah. makes you like wait. Are we sure about this? I mean, we'll see. If the um, Cowboys make the Super Bowl, DVOA was dead fucking on, right? <laughs> so here's the number one DVOA. I mean, the thing that's tough is I, I only – I mean, so number one DVOA for offense are the Bucks. I don't think they're the best offense in the league. That, that, I think that's heavily uh, biased number by the Philly Packers. Packers. Number two is Packers, which I actually think is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Number three is Chiefs. Number four is Chargers. Five Niners. Oh, sorry. Five Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. Hmm. The Seahawks team that lost to the Bears at home. <laughs> Question that. Uh, Rams. And then you know what's ninth is the Patriots. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No. Uh, they have I the mean, Bills at the worst DVOA, of- offensive DVOA team than the Patriots. Well, did we say the Chiefs yet? Chief, no, Chiefs are third. Chiefs are third. What about the Titans? I think the Titans are a good offensive team. So Titans, according to DVOA, are trash. They're the 20th team in DVOA. 13th in rated DVOA. But 20th in offense, 12th in defense. So not very good. Anyway. So, I mean, they've also beaten all the other teams. They've beaten the the Chiefs. They've beaten a lot of good teams, man. I would not think on the Dreams. Rabel has to win coach of the year, right? LaFleur, dude. I think LaFleur is going to get it. All right. Well, anyway, I guess so that's the – that's the Rams side of the ball, where I guess it's whether you think they're going to rise to the challenge of like, hey, we really put all our chips in. We need to do this. Or are they going to crumble? And I guess my concern is who on that team in that organization has any proven record of kind of rising the occasion? I guess the only – I mean, Von Miller is really it. Everyone else is Von, just kind of – Aaron Donald, dude. Aaron Donald's good. Come on. Aaron Donald's great. I mean, Aaron Donald played well. I, I doubt – I'm sure he'll be great. But, like, you know, Matt Stafford's never been in that situation before. Last time McVay was in that situation, he got thir- was that Super Bowl, and he got thoroughly outcoached by his own admission. That's true. Graham was against Bill Belichick, so he also had Jared Goff. Man, it was Jared Goff versus Tom Brady. That's like such a mismatch. It's true. All right, let's do this. Okay, best QB Stafford or Kyler? I- I'm going Kyler, not Stafford. I'm going to take Kyler. Most talented? Ooh, that's tough. I, I mean, think the Rams that whole talent overall. Say what? I think the Rams have more talent overall. If the if the if the Cardinals had DeAndre Hopkins, I would maybe give the Cardinals more consideration there. Um, but without DeAndre Hopkins, you have that Coop Hopkins differential. On the defense, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson kind of cancel each other out. Donald and those other guys on the Rams defensive line are pretty good too. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd take the Rams in terms of talent, talent. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I guess – yeah, it's just tough. I mean, I'm just looking at the cards. I mean, 
We have the Rams is better on offense. I think they also have a higher offense. Yeah, they're a little bit better on defense. So, yeah, I guess you got to go Rams there. Coach, coach you trust? I definitely trust McVay over Kingsbury. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though McVay makes mistakes, I mean, he's a good coach. So, Did you see that clip of where they were describing plays? They, they yeah. described a play, and he could recite the, the game. Yeah, and the situation, too. Yeah, that was incredible. That was actually very impressive. Uh, And I mean, but yeah, I I said, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, they said he's, I said in the first half of the season, he's Kingsbury. And in the second half, he's Cuxbury. (laughs) They just showed like his his second, like the first half seasons, he's way better than second half. Yeah. Just so, I don't know. That's the playoffs this year, though. I'm excited to see Kyler in the playoffs. We're going to see if Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. So I think he's going to play well in this game. So, so I mean, I think the Rams are winning this game. I mean, then they're uh, last I saw is the lines four, right? What's four, the lineup? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. You're going to take it in the money line, or you're just taking the start? There's the spread. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Cardinals in the points. I, I, mean, I could definitely see the Cards winning this game. And I think I think it's really bad how the Niners they had the Niners. I mean, the division rival they had them dead to rights. They go up seventeen nothing at half, and instead of putting them away. They they let him back in, and then they even had they gave up that last drive to Jimmy. And I mean Jimmy, I mean I give him credit, but like they also let Debo Samuel open in the middle of the field. Yeah, it's like what what are you doing? <laughs> like, like that's like the one guy. There's one guy. Hey, just just don't let Debo Samuel have space in the middle of the field. Okay, we hear you. Ah, our bad. We gave Debo Samuels. It's like what what are you doing? So that's got to be a huge red flag. Although I'm not sure the Cardinals, their season ended much better. Didn't they lose to the Seahawks? Yeah, they did. But I think they weren't trying in that game or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i just looking this up. Yeah, they lost to the Seahawks by eight. I mean, they could have won the division if they won that game and be hosting this playoff game. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like this is just – this is a game where I don't want to take either team and I'd like to take some kind of outcome. Like this is like a take the over-under – yeah, or I think the over is a good bet in this game, and the over is going to bet up pretty high in this game, just because I think these teams are going to score a lot of points. But I could be wrong. It's the third time these teams are playing each other. This is another game where these teams are playing each other for the third time, right? Yeah, third division rivalry. There's a lot of there's a couple of repeat. I mean, you have a. I mean, this is the second third game of the season. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs Steelers is a repeat, right? Uh, I don't Bengals, know that, and then also Raiders Bengals is a repeat. Yeah, the only ones that are, aren't repeats are are is Cowboys, Niners. Niners. They're all repeats otherwise. Are they really? Yeah. That game. Yeah, Eagles. Did the Eagles, the Eagles and Bucks played as well? Yeah, they played each other. It was 28-22, but the, wow. the, the, the Bucks were up like 28-6 and the Eagles came back. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a fun narrative. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't – I mean, I would just – I would just take the Rams. I kind of I would just take I will take the Rams and take them with the spread. So if the Rams and the Niners and the Bucks win, then you have Bucks Rams next week and Niners Packers. And then I mean in theory we could end up with a Niners Rams NFC championship game. We could end up with Niners Bucks. Some fun options that we could end up with Packers. Packers Rams is probably the least entertaining of the three, and then Packers Bucks is, a, is would be a good one. We'll see though. All right. 
I can tell. I can tell we're ready to wrap this up. So I'm. Yeah, we're, we're getting. We're getting. We're getting. We're getting tired. Old. We're getting old. All right. Yeah. So here are my bets. All right. And I'm just gonna say even wait for now. I got Raiders money line. I got Pat's money line. So I'm Saturday underdogs. I like the Bucks side of the spread. I like the Packers Cowboys over. I like Chiefs to win the AFC, and I like Rams minus four. Gotcha. All right. So here are my bets. I got Raiders. Spread five and a half and the under. I got Pats plus four and a half and the over. I got Eagles and the under. I got Niners and the over. I got Niners at three and a half. Well, I actually have Niners. Three. I have Cowboys exact minus three and the over. Let's be honest. And then I have the Chiefs money line. I also have the Chiefs in a teaser down to minus six and a half uh, with the Raiders teased up to 12. And then I have the Cardinals. Four plus four and the over. All right, I think it's I think it's a, it's an interesting it'll be an interesting weekend. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens starting tomorrow. It's gonna be fun. Well, it's a it's it's a great time to be Maxwell Shore. I'm it getting is. a house, a daughter, and multiple gambling losses. What more can a man ask for? But playoff out. football. Playoff football is great. Oh. All right, Max. Good job by you. Any content recommendations? See anything good lately? Euphoria season one, the episode one of season two was incredibly good. Also, my wife started watching Cheer and I've been watching on the Netflix documentary of Cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, it's actually really, it, it's fascinating. It's really good. What's it called? Cheer. Cheer? There's, these oh. two commu- there's like these two community colleges in Texas that yeah, are yeah, 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 dedicated yeah. to cheerleading. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Black Pink documentary where it's all these people who are like doing this fun thing, but you see the behind the scenes, you see how hard they work, how passionate they are. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. They're, they're badasses, man. I, I have all the risk. It's funny being like, damn, like these cheerleaders are tougher than me. And that's think about that. You know, <laughs> like, I really want to be saying about Navy SEALs or something like that, not cheerleaders, but here we are. <laughs> uh, so anyway, those, that's good. And I think, Hey, by the way, hopefully, you know, barring anything crazy, uh, hopefully maybe in the next pod, whenever we can do that, I will have our first legitimate parent corner. Oh, oh. yeah. You'll be very tired. Be like, be a I, my daughter pooped in my face today. Yeah, <laughs> but this will be my this will be my last NFL Wild Card weekend. Hopefully, and you know, assuming everything goes well, uh, with the, you know, without not being a dad. So pretty exciting. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you very much, Doctor Bot. Good job, by you. and don't get COVID.